If you have your Bibles this morning, we are in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, as we continue in our look at the blueprint of life that Jesus gave us in this one uh, core uh, preaching that he gave, uh, known as the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, these are just very basic core foundations upon which we are to build our life. And we've been looking at uh, humility. We've looked at the passion of our life. Uh, we have looked at the and um, we are continuing. We've, we've uh, been in chapter six and we're going to close out chapter six today. But let's pick it up in verse 19. Matthew chapter six, verse 19. And we'll just read all the way through the chapter, and then we will um, break it down. Starting in verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, nor where thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. And if therefore your eye is good, and, and the words there sometimes is single, sometimes it is healthy. Um, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and he will despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you worrying can add one cubit to your stature? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and how they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So we see this, that Jesus is bringing out a very similar uh, focus as he did in the earlier part of the chapter where he was talking about our motives, why we do things. 
and what we're focused on in life. Um, what are the things that we're living for? Uh, in the first part of the chapter, he talked about um, uh, looking for people's approval, uh, for acceptance and belonging and love and what other people uh, think about us and say about us and, and uh, how to deal with that motive. But today he looks at the treasures of life. What are the things, not people, but now there's things that get a hold of our heart. Where are our treasures? And, and he breaks down this comparison of two treasures. There's treasures uh, that are on earth and there are heavenly treasures. And he says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. And so we need to look at these two types of things. So what are treasures on earth? Um, and it's pretty basic. We know that that, that is, is money, is, uh, uh, things that, that we use. Um, uh, there are houses and uh, cars and all the things of this life, the things of comfort. Um, these are things that we know they eventually – uh, fade away. Like he said, you know, moth destroys, rust uh, destroys, uh, a thief can take it. Um, they are things that are, are temporary. And yet many times we treat them as if they are the very source of our life. But as he talks about food and, and clothing and possessions and material things, um, things of this earth are also things that are sometimes uh, things that you cannot touch. They are pleasures. They are experiences. Uh, they are uh, relationships. And these are also things of the earth. And I know it, it's so uh, often said that, that, you know, people are the most important thing. But I want to tell you, people are included in the treasures of the earth. Okay? People are not to be our treasures. And so there are some people that say, no, I don't care about money, but I'm just going to, I'm going to give myself to relationship because what you do to with people, that's the only thing that matters. Well, that's not true because people die and they go away and God is not going to measure us by our relationships. When we get to heaven, there is only one relationship. It is not people that we know. It is. Do we know God? That is uh, heavenly. So we need to understand that that the treasures of this earth include all of those things, um, whether it is material things or whether it is uh, uh, emotional things or uh, people or things that we cling to. And so he says, do not lay up for yourself these treasures. Now, heavenly treasures um, are things that he says to seek for. Uh, what is a heavenly treasure? And of course, the Bible talks about and refers to them as treasures. Uh, one thing it refers to is wisdom and understanding. He says uh, in Proverbs uh, that if we will seek after wisdom, because wisdom will be a treasure that will last for you. Um, it is the wisdom of God. It is knowing God. Um, we know that it says that um, uh in Proverbs 11, wealth is worthless 
but righteousness is a treasure that delivers us from death. And, and so righteousness, uh, a life of, of uh, uh, holiness, of living uh, a good life is a treasure. Uh, so the choices that we make, how we live our life, this is a treasure. Um, another treasure is our salvation. It says that we are to treasure our salvation. We are to work it out as, as something that is so valuable. Um, and that comes from Jesus. And, and so our relationship with Jesus is something to develop, to put effort into. Uh, that is a heavenly uh, treasure. Uh, we also know that compassion is a treasure, that as we show compassion to others, uh, Jesus said that as you show compassion to others, you've done it unto me. Um, and, and those that have not showed compassion, it says you've rejected me. And it says people will say to him, Jesus, when did I treat you this way? And he's going to say, when you treated others that way, you did it to me. And, and so this is a treasure uh, of compassion. Also justice. Uh, it says uh, in the Old Testament, you know, what do you desire of us, God? And, and God says, here's what I desire, that you show mercy that you do justice and that you walk humbly before the Lord. And so as we stand up for the weak, as we stand up for those that are oppressed, um, that is a treasure uh, that goes before us. Um, and of course, the greatest treasure is knowing Jesus. And that means all the effort that we put into getting to know him. And, and that's why we come together here. This is part of knowing Jesus, of worshiping Jesus. Our worship is a treasure that as we worship him, as we praise him, we are laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And um, uh, Paul says this. He says, everything that I have in this life, I count it as if it was trash. That's what he says. He said, and I've had a good life. He said, I was born into a good family. I was educated under the top rabbi. Uh, I had a position in Jerusalem uh, as one of authority. People looked up to me. He says, you know what? I've come to realize that all of that was rubbish compared to one thing. He said, knowing Jesus. Now that I've come to know Jesus, that is a treasure. Now, here's the thing. It is so hard. We cannot fathom that until we come to Jesus, until Jesus comes and changes our heart. The people of this world think that is the most ridiculous thing. They can't understand it because the things that we experience in life, they are the pleasures that we can feel and we can see and we can touch. And yet they have not experienced the deeper joy that God gives us when we come to him and when we see uh, all that he gives us. So these are the treasures. Now, I want to say something because many people think that we need to, okay, then we need to just put away everything. And, and for there was a time in history, there were those that, that became monks because they just felt that everything in this world is terrible. Then, then I don't need money. In fact, I shouldn't own anything. Um, and, and we're just going to go live in poverty. That's the only way to bless God and to, to raise treasures in heaven. That's not what he is saying. So notice this, that Jesus does not say, do not have treasures on earth. Jesus is not saying that you need to be poor, that rich people are terrible. He's not saying that you shouldn't have 
loving relationships, that you shouldn't care for your family. What he's saying is, what did he say? He said, do not lay up for yourself these treasures. Don't lay up for yourself these treasures. Now, what's that uh, uh, meaning? The word is, are you laying up for yourself these treasures? What he means there is, are you putting your hope in them? Are you, uh, the word there to lay up is to build upon. Uh, we build upon these things. I, I've got to get them so that I can build a life. So it is what Jesus is saying is do not put your hope in these things. Do not put your source of identity in these things. If you make these things the purpose of your life, um, all your focus is on that, your priorities are on that, then that is stealing your future. But instead, lay up for yourself these heavenly things. So put your focus towards the heavenly things that we talked about. Put your energy towards those things. It comes down to a choice. What gets your attention? That's what he's saying. He says, it, there is nothing wrong with having good things in life, of living a good life, of, of having a quality of life that is comfortable. But if that is what you cling to, and if that directs your scheduling, your money, how you live your life, then you've missed it. Because in the midst of having those things, the whole focus of your life should be the heavenly things. Um, and, and so this is the key thing is where is your focus? And that is why the very next part, he says, the eye is the lamp of the body. Now, when he refers to that, he's saying... Um, your eye, where you look is where you're going to go, right? Have you ever tried to walk someplace? If you're not looking there, you're going to stumble. You're going to run into something. If you're driving and you're looking off the road, how many times you're, you're just watching something all of a sudden, da, 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 oh gosh, I, you know, you start to drift because where you look is going to determine where you go in life. And so what Jesus is saying, it's, it's not just what treasures are in your life, but it's what are you focusing on? Um, where is your focus? Because where your eye is and the eye is really the desire of your heart. Where is the desire of your heart? Now, see, here's the thing. Some people can have all the treasures of heaven in their life. They do good things. Uh, how many know? We know very good people that live a good life. And we would say that they're laying up for themselves treasures in heaven. And God says, no. They can be as compassionate as they want. They can come to church all they want. They can show justice to people. Uh, they can do all these things that are good things that God calls them to do. But you know what? That's not where their eye is. And that's why he said, if your eye is darkness, if, if while you're doing all these good things, what really matters to you is your things that you do, then how great is the darkness? Because you're being deceived. You are fooling yourself because your real treasure, your treasure is in the earthly things. And, and that's what Jesus is saying. He's trying to ask us, look in your life. Where are, is your real treasure? Is your treasure in those earthly things or is your treasure in the godly things? And are you building your life towards it? Is that where you're giving your energy towards? Now, there's nothing wrong with those other things if they are not our focus. So he says, where is your eyes? Where are you focused? Where, 
do you find contentment? What really satisfies you? You know, many times we'll go through the motions because we need to do it and we call ourselves Christians. And, and so we'll do those, but we only do them just enough so that, okay, now I can get to what really matters to me. And that's what Jesus is warning against because that's what they were doing at that time. All the people that were serving in the temple, they were going through the motion because they needed to. Okay, good. I got that done. And then they were really, their energy, their heart was where their, their real desire was. Let me read this quote. I love this quote by C.H. Uh, uh, Spurgeon. He says this. If a man does not see things in the right light, he may live in sin and yet fancy that he is doing his duty. A man should live up to his light. But if that light is itself darkness, what a mistake his whole course will be. If our religion leads us to sin, it is worse than people who are not religious. If our faith is just presumption, if our zeal is really selfishness, if our prayer is just a formality, and if our hope is just a delusion, our experience is just infatuation. The darkness is so great that even our Lord holds up his hands in astonishment and says, how great is your darkness? I pray for a single eye to God's glory, a sincere concentration unto the Lord. This alone will fill my soul with light. So the question is, as we go through life, is our focus, is what we set our eyes on seeing God in those things? So in everything we do, even as we go to work, like you said, work and earning money is fine. In fact, God blesses people with money for a reason. But if we will do it out of our love for God, um, then what God blesses us in the earth becomes light rather than darkness. Otherwise, if we are not seeking to serve God, but yet we are, are uh, desiring it for ourselves, then that very thing that could be light becomes darkness because it deceives us. It fools our heart. And this is what Jesus is more concerned about. He says, I don't want you to be fooled and miss out on a relationship with me because the only thing that matters is our relationship with Christ. And that's why he goes on to say, he says, for you cannot serve both God and mammon. So here's the thing. It's not just what treasures you have in your life, but which ones are you serving? And you can't serve both. You cannot say, okay, I'm going to be a Christian, but I'm going to, I'm also going to do this, all this stuff. I love this. That's fine. But are you serving that? And it shows up in our heart. It shows up in what we have a passion for. Are we serving God? I mean, we can experience all the things of the world. As I do those things, I am doing it as a service to God. God, how can I bless you even at my work? God, how can I bless you in these, in these things that you have given me a love for? whether it is sports or music or art or all the different things that, that capture our heart. You know, some people uh, have all different loves, whether we love 
uh, uh, cars or we love um, uh, all different things in this life. But we can turn that, God, how can I serve you in this? See, that's the question. Who are we serving? Do we have a heart that says, God, I want to serve you in all things? Because if we desire to serve God, then even in the earthly treasures that we have, those things even can become heavenly treasures. So he goes on. And from there, he says this. So don't worry. Because here's the thing. Let's be looking at our treasure and say, man, if I'm going to love God, oh, well, then how am I going to make it? If I'm going to put God first all the time, you know, then what's going to happen, you know, at my job or, or how am I going to make money or how am I going to have friends? And we start to worry because what's it going to cost me? We're going to, we start to see this as, as a choice of loss that if I'm going to serve God, man, then I'm going to have to lose all this other stuff. And when I truly try and serve God, then there's going to be cost. And that is true. There is going to be a cost, but this is why Jesus says there's going to be a big cost sometimes, but don't worry about it because here's what you need to understand. You're choosing God over man. You're choosing God over things in this life. You're choosing God over um, uh, uh, doing what you want and spending your time however you want and spending your money and all the things you want. But here's what you need to understand. God loves you. Do you not know that God loves you, that God wants you to have good things? He knows. In fact, he created this whole world for us, and he put us in this world to enjoy it, uh, to, to um, uh, garden it. When he put us in the Garden of Eden, he said, take this world and have dominion over it. So he knows he built us for pleasure. But as we begin to serve him, the pleasure goes deeper within us because he knows exactly what you need. And so what makes it easier to serve God first and sometimes to make that sacrifice is to know that as I sacrifice for God, he's going to take care of me in a better way than I could ever do for myself. So he says, look at the birds. You know what? They don't work. And yet God feeds them and brings them through their life. Look at the, the lilies, the flowers, how beautiful they are. And yet they don't have to go buy the, the clothes themselves. You need to understand, doesn't God love you more than these things? We need to understand that God loves us. So this question of treasures, I want, I want to let you know, when we choose the treasures of, of pleasure and, and things and even people, they will always let you down. Even your family will let you down. You will lose your family at some point. You will lose your friends. And this is what Jesus said. Those are all temporary. They're not lasting. They can be taken at any moment. And I'm not. And so he says they are good. But if you will serve me, I will never leave you. And I will lay things up in your life that you know that your future will have all of these other things. All of those things that I know you want, I can give them to you for eternally. So we need to make an easy choice.
for the one who loves us more than anything. God loves us more than our family. God loves us definitely more than your work loves you. He loves you more than your house and those things. They could care less about you. And yet we put so much of our energy into those things. And yet we leave God to the side or God gets leftovers. He gets, you know, a little portion of our life. Okay, God, I'll work you in as if, you know, we're just giving him a, a favor. God says, stop giving me the leftovers. Understand that I'm the source that will give you more than your heart ever desires. So if you will put me first and serve me and seek me, all these other things will be added to you. Don't worry. Don't worry about what you might lose by serving me. Because whenever someone might get persecuted, God told his disciples that for whatever you lose or whatever you go through, you will receive hundred times more in the kingdom of God because my God takes care of his own. And so we need to begin to have this eye, this understanding of the glory of the God who loves us and what he promises us. So how do we put this into practice? He, he says it in this one verse. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. God will give you pleasure upon pleasure. Now, it may not always be at once because here's the principle of God. The world gives you things right away and immediately, but they last a second and are gone. God may not give it to you right away, uh, and there might be hardship to get there, but because of that, it lasts forever and goes much deeper. But if you will seek him, he will add all these things to it. This is the greatest promise in the whole Bible, that if you will seek me, you will receive everything your heart desires. That is a promise. And yet we, we despise that promise because I don't have it right now. You know, it's like a child. Well, dad, if you don't give it to me, you know how many times our, our dad says, okay, but you got to wait for it. I'm saving up. I'm, I'm going to get that. But dad, I wanted it. Or we need to go now. I want you. You said you would take me here. We're impatient. We need to understand that if we trust in God, he will give us the desires of our heart. So what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? Two things. So in everything that you live your life, as you are living your life, both in the earthly realm and in the heavenly realm, as you are Enjoying the good things that God has given you, uh, uh, as well as continuing to lay up for yourself treasures in heaven through, through the good works and through a heart of love and, and all these other things. In everything that we do, we need to ask two questions, and this is how we seek the kingdom. First of all, think about a kingdom. A kingdom has these two things. It is a place where the king is in control. How do you know you're in a kingdom? Uh, of a certain king, it's because that's where that king is in control. He rules. And so in everything we do, we need to ask ourselves, is what I'm doing the will of God? Is this what God would want? Is he in control? Is this what he would choose for me? And if we will always seek his will, his control, if you will always give God control of your life, God, is this what you want? You see, he's the authority. 
then you're seeking the kingdom of God. And I'm going to tell you many times he says, yeah, I want you to enjoy that. But as you enjoy that, do it for me and represent me there and shine for me there and, and speak for me there. But as you're doing there, don't forsake me in these other areas. So the first question is, is this what God would want? Is he in control of my life? And if we begin to put him in control in every decision, every schedule, when we make a choice, God, is this within your desire? Then we are seeking the kingdom of God. Here's the second thing. Last thing, the way we seek the kingdom, because in a kingdom is where the king is honored. Okay. Uh, you go to a kingdom. If it's a good king, they are honored because of who they are. Even in a kingdom where a bad king, they are honored out of fear. If, if there's a tyrant or a dictator, but they are still honored. And, and so in our life, if we are going to seek the kingdom of God in everything we do, we need to ask ourselves, am I giving honor to God? Does this honor God with my life? With this choice, is it going to honor God? Not honor me, not honor my desires, but does this honor God? And here's the great thing. As you honor God, God will open up doors of, of opportunity in things that you love because he gave you that passion. As long as that passion does not begin to take priority over God. But when we put God first... We seek his will and we seek his honor. God, be glorified in me. Then all these things are added to us. So those are the two. Everything can be summarized in that to seek first the kingdom of God. God, would this be your will for me? And God, can you be honored in it? Now, don't try and twist those. Now, we try and manipulate those things. Okay, well, yeah, God, this would be good and it doesn't go against anything. So, yeah, I, I, it's your will. Remember, to ask those questions is to be honest with yourself. Is this truly what God is in control of? Or are you just justifying it and controlling it yourself? Is God in control of your life? And the same thing with honor. Okay, God, I'm honoring it. But are you truly honoring him? Or are you just honoring yourself and using that as a hypocritical show of honoring God? So again, we need to be honest with ourselves, And I think most of us, if we are truly honest, we know what we're treasuring. So Jesus is saying, if you're going to build your life, here's the blueprint of your life. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Don't let the things of this earth be the focus of your heart. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven by serving God by seeking his kingdom, by glorifying God in life. And when you do that, don't worry. God's got your back. That's why he says, don't worry. You don't have to worry about it because whatever path God takes you, it will be the path that leads you to a destination that you will stand in awe and you'll love it. It'll be like Christmas morning getting up and saying, Oh my gosh, this is not even what I expected. You know, many times Christmas where we expect because we've already given our list. And so I'm expecting what I asked for. You know what? God has things for us that you did not even ask for. That you're going to, you're going to, you're going to come to points in your life when God is going to bless you. 
And you can say, God, I didn't even expect this. It's not even what I asked for. It's more than what I asked for. God says, yeah, because I love you. Don't you know that if you will seek me first, if you will put me first, I I will take care of you. See, serving God is not like another religion where we have to do everything in hopes of, of pleasing our God. Our religion is, no, I came down and given you life so that if you will simply seek me, I will please you. That's the great, the greatness of our God. But it's up to us to seek him. So here's the honest question. Am I seeking him? Am I treasuring him? Or am I just going through the motions, but I'm really laying up for myself treasures on earth? I'm blessed with things on earth, but don't let them become the things you serve. Let's seek God and all these things will be added unto us in his time and in his way. And it will be worth it because that's the house that we're going to build in our life. That is going to be a life that is worth living. That is going to be something that you will have no regrets. Let's bow our heads.